The Australian company Kinetico Energy last week announced that it found a significant gas reserve close to Secunda in Mpumalanga. Nick de Block is on the line. He is Kinetico's CEO. Nick, thank you so much for joining me. Tell us about this gas reserve you found. Firstly, it's not an overnight discovery. This is more than a decade in coming, Rick. We've been working on exploration across three block structures being 270 in the south near Newcastle, 271 kind of between Folksrus to north of Amersfoort and 272, which borders on Secunda. It's only more recently that I guided the company into exploring the newer areas of 270 and 272, and the results have been absolutely spectacular. The geology, the geophysics of the block in the north near Secunda are very superior, and we have uncovered a treasure trove of gas right on the doorstep of Sassel up in that part of the world, and this has caught the world's attention. You call it a treasure trove. Is there any sense, or do you have any indication of how much gas there is? This week we put an announcement on the ASX. We are floated on the Australian Stock Exchange, and it includes a very recent report by Spruill out of Denver, Colorado, who have done a reassessment of our resource the multi-block resource, they've indicated a midpoint contingent resource of about 6 TCF, which in effect is about six times bigger than Moscow has managed to produce over 20 years of profitability and more than twice the size of the Panditamani fields from which Sassel derive basically all of the gas we have in South Africa. So it is very substantial. Apart from the contingent resource certification, contingent just means contingent on development and marketability. Outside of the areas we've actually got holes in, they've had to classify that uh, resource as prospective. And there's very close to another 6TCF sitting just outside the areas within our rights areas, but outside of where we've drilled. You know? So as we put holes in the ground, those turn into contingent resources. In fact, that number six is already obsolete because we've put some more holes in the ground since they cut off the time for those calculations. I just want to confirm, you said twice the size than the Temani gas field in Mozambique. Yes, sir, more than twice the size. That multi-decade production plan was set in motion on the basis of about two and a half TCF. We've just been proven to be sitting with six plus. So it is multiples of that. And as I said, the Moscow only produced about one TCF over their first 20 years of production. And how quickly could it be commercialized? Literally the million dollar question. Just to manage expectations here, Rick, we are still a rank exploration company. We have production aspirations and we have just started our journey towards a production right application across one of our blocks to be followed by the other two pretty shortly. It can be anything up to a year's process, you know, in order to convert an exploration right into a production right. So until the production right is in hand, it's unlikely we're going to actually get the levels of investment in our hands, literally in the bank account, in order to start drilling out the fields that we require to produce the gas. But it is definitely coming. We cannot ignore the treasure that we've got under our feet. Just an issue of managing expectations in terms of time. Probably about a year from now, we should be able to begin the, uh, the massive drilling process. Okay, so the timeline would be several years, if not longer, before it could be really, really commercially developed. Yes and no. It's obviously a staged process. You know, every 10 holes we put in the ground can supply to a 5,000 ton per annum LNG cryobox in the field. And multiples of that naturally, as you drill sort of 10 well clusters, building up to the bigger 60,000 ton per annum LNG units. 
And that kind of describes what we announced into the market just yesterday morning. Our partnership with the IDC that conceives of multiples of these 60,000 ton per annum units, which equates to the approximately 50 megawatts of energy equivalent. And you would be able to sell that or provide the gas to Sassel, for example, who was already importing gas from Mozambique. I think the pipeline they have is close to 700 kilometers long. And as you said, this is on the doorstep of Sassel. Would there be other commercial takers of the gas? Well, absolutely. Firstly, you know, our blocks are geographically disparate. We have about over 6,000 square kilometers under rights and application right now. The obvious off-taker for our gas in the northern block 272 would be Sassel, naturally. You know, if you chipped a golf ball over the southern fence recently, it would have probably hit our rig. We drilled some core holes there of great strategic importance and remarkable results. Further down, you know, there are naturally off-takers in that lily line that is fed by the tailings of the coal-to-liquids process in Secunda. So the methane-rich gas fed down the lily line is currently supporting numerous thermal industries in KwaZulu-Natal, starting with ArcelorMittal in Newcastle and down to Richards Bay and Durban. They're kind of facing a gas cliff. The gas fields in Mozambique have been producing a long time. They've done very well indeed, but the natural progression is one of depletion. So those are expected to decline over the next few years. And those off-takers are obviously facing a double whammy because apart from the declining rates, Sassel is committed to, and we say, uh, clean up its act. You know, they're emitting a lot of carbon and pollution from converting coal to liquids. They know it. They would like to be doing the same kind of process with gas. So increasingly using their own gas from a depleting source means, you know, less coal being used and therefore less MRG for the lily line. And this is where we can step in because that line comes through all three of our rights areas, fortunately. We are already talking to multiple off-takers on that line about how we can help them to survive into the future. How deep is this reserve and is it easily mineable or extractable? It is actually relatively easy. The geology that we have is remarkably simple. We get through a layer of dolerite, which covered the area about 200 million years ago, cooking the organics in the sediments into gas and trapping it at the same time. So sub-igneous, we get into sediments and in the area of Secunda, we're hitting our terminal depth only at about 300 meters. And then further south, as we go towards Newcastle area, the Karoo basement dips to the south. So we're getting about 600 meters, double the depth out of our southernmost reaches. So it is shallow sandstone supported a little bit by coal seam. But it's not a CBM resource. It's a sandstone play, a sediment play, and remarkably easy, in fact, to extract the gas because you simply put holes in the ground, you case off the dolerite so it doesn't run, and leave the rest barefoot to produce. The only thing you have to do is extract the water. Now, water is a a sought-after commodity, and the groundwater is simply saline. It's not nasty. There's no bad things in the content of the water. But we can beneficiate the water. The water can be used agriculturally. It can even be processed into EPA potable drinking water. So there could be a sideline beneficiation to be had alongside the gas there as well. And then the gas simply flows from the barefoot wells to your surface processing. There's no likelihood that the gas would pollute groundwater on its way up? None whatsoever. It's already in the matrix of the sandstones along with the groundwater that we produce from the bottom. You know, farmers typically get their water from wells on their properties that sink to about 80 meters or so. I could be slightly incorrect here or there. We're extracting water from multi-hundreds of meters and there's no chance of pollution whatsoever. We're taking the gas and the water out of exactly the same rock structures. 
And then there are many environmental organizations in South Africa who are dead set against any carbon-based fuels. And I think virtually all of the carbon-based exploration projects in South Africa have faced some sort of legal challenge, especially exploration off our coast. Have you had any dealings with these groupings? And do you foresee that there could be some legal opposition for you to launch a commercial enterprise? I absolutely see this coming, Rick. I think it's probably poor communication from within our own industry. True environmentalists, real environmentalists would probably be sitting on the same side of the table as I do, you know, facing down the, can we say, foreign paid lobbyists who are trying to get in the way of industrial development in South Africa. Every molecule that we can produce of non-pollutive gas that can replace pollutive coals, heavy fuels and diesel has to absolutely make sense in an environmental context. I am an environmentalist. I'm also a gas man. You know, if we're doing the one thing correctly, the other is not in conflict whatsoever. We're out there actually on a green ticket. And I think the country needs to understand this, that if a fairy came and waved a magic wand overnight and all of South Africa's fossil fuel, coal, HFO and diesel industries were run suddenly the next day on gas, we would oversubscribe our COP obligations immediately and forever, and the world would look at us as a model of how to do it. Ergo, you know, therefore, it makes absolute sense that every molecule of gas we can use to replace pollutive fuels is clearly the right way to go. Nick, thank you so much for your time today. That was Nick de Block. He is the chief executive of Kinetico.